0: Hey guys, this is Joe. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, one, you can never have sex. The minute you get a little knooky you're as good as gone. Sex always equals death. Two, never drink or do drugs. The sin factor. It's an extension of number one. And three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back.
1: Hey, what's up guys? It's Eric. If you were the only suspect in a senseless bloodbath, would you be standing in the horror section? Hello? Hello? Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone. Is playing a deadly game. It
0: all began with a scream over 911.
1: Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Do you
0: like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting.
1: There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Don't answer the
0: phone. <laughs> Don't open the door.
1: Scared, oh yeah. scream reddit r you're listening to worth a late fee the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again
0: even if it meant paying a late fee how you doing joe not bad eric how are you i'm good i'm good watch anything uh watch anything good lately on tv or movie wise
1: I did. Well, um, so there's my favorite. So this guy, Shay Serrano, he writes for Bill Simmons, uh, like network ringer and everything like that. And he's also a huge movie guy and he has, <clears throat> so he's on Bill Simmons, big movie podcast. Uh, they're watchable a decent amount, but he started another one with a friend of his who's also on the network. And it's this weird movie. It's this weird concept where they take two movies and they try to connect them, but the, the connection will be super weird. The movie, the podcast is called The Connect." I definitely, if you're into movie podcasts, I highly recommend it. Um, so,
0: do, do they like? Do they like almost like force connections, or do they actually kind of make sense to some of the connections? Well,
1: they, they'll they'll pick they'll pick a movie like so. The one that I the first one that I listened to was. Uh, movies where denzel washington's a bully and it was uh like training day and inside man so and then they they it's it's great because you could tell they're just like good friends and they're just like talking shit about the movie and it's really entertaining so because of that i was i'm gonna watch training day soon i sold brie on watching training day and inside man and then somehow researching inside man oh because it's the uh the guy that i think it's the guy that wrote inside man also wrote end of watch on uh yeah so i watched end of watch and i won't lie the beginning of it i was just kind of like i couldn't get into it like the first like 15 minutes of it and there's some scenes that were kind of a turn off to me and i was i was right about (laughs) right about to bail on it and um and then I didn't, and I, I so I, I, finished it, and I, I, I really liked it. I, I it wasn't as good as I, I'm like a huge Training Day fan, so it wasn't as good as Training Day to me, or I didn't like it as much as Training Day, but it was, it was very good.
0: Yeah, actually, <laughs> when I was in New York, I went to see a screening of End of Watch, and Jake Gyllenhaal was uh, doing a Q and A after. And he was saying that he was actually super involved with the whole, uh, with the L.A. Police Department during the film of that movie. He would actually go on like um, ride-alongs with them and everything. Like he was fully involved in that role, which is super cool. I'm sure the, as the other cast members were as well.
1: Yeah, I know. I like I said, it was losing me at the beginning because the whole thing where like he's like filming him and his him and uh, Michael Payne's character. I was like, this is this is weird. Yeah. But, um, and then they're also, and this is like probably the good thing about the 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 movie is and a bad thing i guess is it's it's very extreme so like when they're being when they're being bad cops they're being total assholes like where i almost lost it was when michael Pena goes in the kitchen he goes in to like bust this guy and the guy challenges him to a fight and they like start fist fighting each other while jake johan's character is like watching and he's like not even doing anything he's like cheering them on and i'm like dude this is not how real life works and um, but no, but all but all in all, it was good. It was. I doubt it's on Netflix. I would, if you if you're looking for something to watch and you just want an action movie or a good action movie, it's. I definitely recommend it. What about you? Uh,
0: I've, I've been watching a lot of like Halloween films, but I was gonna ask you real quick. Have you ever seen um, along the lines of gritty cop, gritty cop like uh storylines? Obviously, like this is the white or anything, but have you ever seen Southland? No, I have not. Okay, it got canceled by one, I think, four or five seasons and it does a really good job of capturing, like, the the greatness of the police squad, Kind of like what End of Watch does, like you said, to, to, to kind of an extreme level, whereas Southland takes it down to like a more realistic level, but still has, like, that gritty factor to it. Really good show okay. if you ever get a chance, check it out.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'm always looking for stuff to watch, especially nowadays, so.
0: But yeah, um, so I've been, I've been going through my, continuing my Halloween binge here. I've, I like have like a certain list of films I have to watch every year. <laughs> it's like it's it's the dumbest thing, but I just watched Halloween Town recently, Daily Disney film that came yep. out right yep. pretty close to Hocus Pocus. And I watched Fright Night, the remake with um, Anton Yelkin, if I'm probably saying last name okay. right, and Colin Farrell. It's so fun. And uh, I'll probably try I'll probably try and finish up the Friday the 13th box set that I have I've already banged out five of the films but there are so many of those movies <laughs> so how I'm many are to there i pace myself there's so there's, there's like nine and then Jason X and then they did like Freddy vs. Jason and then they did like Friday the 13th so there's like well, the box has like 14 films inside of it 13 films it's unreal yeah
1: that, that's a bit much so it's,
0: it's a pretty it's a pretty big commitment but yeah it's <clears throat> it's once it's over, I much jump into my Christmas films. So it's kind of, I'm trying to get these watch as many as I can before October's over.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, so another Halloween classic is the, the movie we're going to be watching, uh, or talking about today, which you guys heard the trailer. But before Joe gets into telling you what we're watching, we're drinking, um, I couldn't really find a, a beer that was like this type of Halloween themed, like where it was like a, a slasher type thing, but so we're drinking uh, – it's from Wachusett Brewing, and it's a uh, booyah. It's a pumpkin beer, which I'm kind of go back and forth on, but this is pretty good. I, I, I like it, and it's the best I can do it. So what do you want to do? So, Joe, what are, we, what are we watching today? Or what are we watching, talking
0: about? Watching the 96 classic Scream. And the reason why I picked it is, while not really a scary film – I've always loved Scream. Uh, the movie's one giant homage to other horror films, which are constantly referenced throughout this film in typical Kevin Williamson fa- uh, fashion, as we learned from the faculty last last uh, two episodes ago. I used to watch these movies every year on Halloween, but it's been a few years since my last watch, so I figured it would be fun to talk about. Plus, as someone who hasn't seen it, Eric, I was interested in your take on it, seeing it for the first time in 2020 and how these pop culture references kind of hold up as a first-time viewer.
1: That's right. I am the only person in the world, especially my age. I'm 35. So this is like a classic of the nineties. It's probably one of the more really one of the more like well-known movies from the nineties that's are associated with that decade. But, um, so that's my, my memory of the film is pretty much avoiding it for almost 25 years. Um, and I probably would have kept avoiding it if you didn't pick it, but, Um, I had, you know, I was big baby. I don't like scary movies. And so, yeah, that's why I didn't see it. I think, I think it was, I didn't like, so I was 11 when this came out and I don't pretend that I, 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 I don't like scary movies, but I really was probably genuinely afraid of it when I was 11. And then I probably just made it to the point where even like later on when I would have not been, I would have been able to watch it. It was just like, I'd gone so far and I didn't want to go back and watch it again. Um, <laughs> or watch so, it for the first time.
0: So yeah, kinda of like kinda of what you were saying. I only two horror films really stuck with me from the nineties. Well, three, if you count a film Rumpel which no one ever knows which no one knows about, it was this movie and um Blair Witch Project. Both of them came out pretty close to the same time, uh, mid to late nineties, and they both have scarred me. So my first memory, kinda of like kinda of, not really like not really like yours, but more so like that age range where this movie was a blockbuster rental for me back then, and the first time I watched it was with my mother. The same way I watched Blair Witch Project, watched it with my mother. Really bad influence on me as a young kid. Really, really- I did see
1: Blair Witch Project.
0: Oh, did you? Okay. Yep. What were your thoughts on that? Do you remember it or
1: I remember it scaring the shit out of me and <laughs>
0: <laughs> So my my, my mother's awful. We were watching we watched watching as like I was young, my brother was younger and I'll never forget. But he, my brother, was lying behind my mother on the couch, and he pissed his pants on the Blair Witch Project, and got pissed on my mother. But anyways,
1: I probably would have <laughs> done the same thing. So even at the age of like, when was Blair Witch? Blair Witch like '98 or '99?
0: I think though, yeah, I think they were like a couple years apart.
1: Yeah, so I, I would have been like 13, still pissing my pants.
0: But yeah, this, so. So this movie was, <laughs> was uh, a blockbuster rental for me, and. I remember being the first film that had me thinking outside of the usual, of, outside of, like the box when it comes to like film plots. Hearing all these rules taken from other franchises and applying them here was super cool for young, for young Joe here. And I think because of this movie and because of my favorite scene, it's why I think of some films differently now. So this movie, obviously, other films have done it since then, but this movie did a lot of cool things when it first came out.
1: So what are your thoughts on – so I I mixed this movie up. I realized this as I was, like, starting to watch it. I've lumped this movie in with I Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: I like that movie as well, and I'm pretty sure Kim Williamson wrote that movie as well. So he's so, like, yeah, I, I like that movie as well, though, yes. Yeah, okay. This movie yeah. I do like better, though. I do like Scream better than um, – that was uh Freepin's Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure Kim Williamson wrote that as well. I could be wrong, no. though.
1: We'll have to look into it. But yeah. Um, how did, did you have any uh stats on how the movie did financially and everything like that?
0: Yeah, so Scream came out on December twentieth, nineteen ninety six, with a budget of around fifteen million, making a hundred and seventy three million in the box office. Wow. I know. It was written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote the faculty, which we reviewed a couple episodes back, as I mentioned, and Dustin's Creek, amongst other things. He also
1: did write. He also did write. I know you did last summer, I just checked.
0: He did write it. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, yep. he, he pretty much captured, like, the 90s, like, slasher genre. <laughs> right, right. Um, And Cummings also wrote Dawson's Creek. So, look at that. And it was did directed. you see that
1: Dawson's Creek is getting added to Netflix?
0: I did. I'm so excited to rewatch that series.
1: Now, did you watch Dawson's Creek?
0: Not all of it, but I watched a lot of it. When I was on UPN 38 back in the day. <laughs> Dawson's Creek was a show that I
1: adam and i embarrassingly like watched when we were younger because because that was like we were like you know 12 13 14 or whatever so like you guys aren't supposed to be watching that show but i don't remember what it was but we we watched a decent amount of that show but that theme song god what a theme song (laughs) uh yeah no that I would go back and watch. I don't. I don't know if Bree was ever into that, but if she was like, if she was and she wanted to go back and watch it, I would at least give it a shot.
0: Yeah, like I never finished so it, so it'd be kind of fun, like taking like split, like I remember these episodes and how does this age now as a first-time viewer? So like I want to see like how drastically that changes for me from half right. season on. Right,
1: but, right, right.
0: But, um, it was also directed by the great horror legend Wes Craven which leads me to the next point. It's going to be really interesting to see where Scream 5 goes without Wes Craven attached um, because he passed away, what, four or right. five years ago. So, But early script talk by Kevin Williamson sounds promising for fans of the franchise. So the guys who wrote, um, oh, I forgot what it's called now. It came out last year, a horror film. Uh, they're writing, the, two, the pair is writing the script for the new Scream film, which actually has Neve Campbell coming back to reprise a role, which is cool.
1: Dude, you just, you just so I I keep messing it up. So her name is Nev Campbell. Is it Nev Campbell? But you said
0: Neve. I know and, and and it's it's N E V E. So it's like a really like it's.
1: It looks like it would be Neve, and then the guy from Catfish, ne, Neve, his is N E V, which looks like Nev to me.
0: And I literally just watched an interview with Dream of the Curse and her, and she, <clears> she just said Nev. So like I don't know, it's, it's almost like reading this now. It's like it's almost like a first instinct to no, read it I as Neve. <laughs>
1: But, I was paranoid. I almost wrote in like all my notes. I almost spelled her name like N-E-V-V-V. But yeah, so
0: it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this franchise <laughs> goes without the fate, without you know the main part of it, the, the key of it. So, um,
1: It did well financially. It also critically did really well. It's, it's 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. It got three stars from Roger Ebert. And one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on that <clears throat> I can appreciate watching it for the first time, even though like I got some of the obvious, um, tributes to other horror movies, but some of them went way, way over my head because I, I don't watch horror movies, but, um, I do like that. I like that. They, they kind of paid tribute to the other ones, but so Roger Ebert loved it. He mentioned that, <clears throat> that he was, a he liked how they did that. Um, so did well financially, did well critically and then just to give you an idea of some other stuff that was going on in the world. So this is December of 96. So kind of like we talked about, um, what was the, was it the faculty? And we were like, why did they release the faculty?
0: Yeah. right around. The oh, they released time the, time the time
1: faculty in the summer, right? On,
0: no, they released that on Christmas Day.
1: Oh, Christmas Day. Okay.
0: Yeah. So this, this, it came out uh, pretty much two years before this movie, almost exactly.
1: Right. So two years before,
0: uh, Before after, I'm sorry, after. Okay. V A. So yeah. After. Okay. Okay.
1: So yeah, this was released in December, five days before Christmas, and the studio did that because uh, during the holiday season, family-friendly movies are usually released, and the studio wanted to give like, the horror movie fans something to see during a time when no horror movies would be out, and like you said, it, it did really well. It actually opened at number four, which scared them a little bit, but then the film's like word of mouth and everything like that led people to, to go see it then um, it just kind of added up week by week by week and by the end of it it did really well and we I think we talked about it before we started recording but one of the first things that people talk about with this movie is the Drew Barrymore thing where the trailer and the poster and everything you would think Drew Barrymore is the big star of the show and spoiler alert if you if you haven't seen this one Drew Barrymore is in like the first 10 minutes of the movie so it's which is, I can't remember what movie it is, but that is a tribute to someone else, uh, to Psycho, another. Psycho, for sure. Psycho.
0: They kill off, like, okay. yeah, so like the, Psycho, they killed the main character. And, like, they really, like you said, marketed it as she'd be the main character in this movie. So, like, it's, it was, it's so cool. So we did so many cool things for 96.
1: So I've my question about that is, you couldn't do that now because the minute so. it happened, someone would go in, see it, and then post on... Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Like, I just went to see this new, you know, pick actress or actor movie, and he or she's only in it for the first five minutes. Like, what the?
0: no oh, yeah, so one hundred percent. They have to. It's almost like, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I know you, you might have heard this game, Last of Us. Have you heard this Last of Us?
1: Sounds a little familiar.
0: So it's like the blockbuster. It's like what a blockbuster movie would be for the gaming, for gaming consoles, and it sold a ton of copies, millions, millions, millions of copies, whatever. But they killed off the main character from the first game really early on in the sequel and it s- sparked this huge backlash and that would be the exact same thing that would happen with the movies is it would spark yeah. this huge backlash and people would... <laughs> bad word of mouth and it was just... I don't think, like you said, it wouldn't work unless it's like a, an art film or like an experimental film almost. It would never be a bl- bl- box office like Blockbuster.
1: But then the the flip side is, so Neff is not even on the poster. So I wonder if people... Like you would lose. Drew Barrymore was definitely the bigger name, yeah. so you would lose that. But then people would be like, you know, who's in it a ton is Nev Campbell, and she was, she was big too from Party of Five. So it's kind of like a.
0: Did the craft come out at this point yet? Remember the craft? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, the craft came out, out uh, in right, 96. Okay. Actually, I don't know which. Yeah, it must the craft because craft came out in 96. So
0: yeah, this is
1: unless it came out in December 28th or yeah. <laughs> something, then yeah. So <clears throat> the craft was already out. So. But some other stuff that was going on in the world. So, as far as other movies that month, Jerry Maguire is the big one. So that was, yeah, yeah that's a classic. Uh, also, Daylight with Sly Stallone. Love Avita. that movie
0: too. <laughs> that's a great. <laughs> what 90s, a hell of a like, lineup.
1: <laughs> yep, uh, Avita, uh, the, with Madonna, and then the John Travolta film Michael, where he's like the angel.
0: Yeah, remember that one? <laughs> yeah, my mother loves that film.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's totally a mother film. Like, oh yeah that like phenomenon, like a lot of John Travolta's nineties movies, not face off or broken arrow, which are classics.
0: Yes. That's but, a great um, line for films though, between this and daylight and uh, Jerry Maguire.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. So it's good. Not, not a bad month.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Some other stuff that happened in uh, this month. So I have, I have some sports stuff. Uh, I have to start with a negative thing because even though it's really sad, it was like one of the biggest news stories of the nineties in general John Benet Ramsey, the young beauty, uh, child pageant queen, was found dead in Colorado. So I know that's a downer, but you can't talk about that. Was like seriously one of the biggest storylines of the '90s. So I had to mention it. Um, On to positive things. Wayne Gretzky becomes the first and only player in NHL history to, to reach three thousand points. This is a, this next one is a big day in my life. Roger Clemens signs with Toronto. F you, you piece of shit. I can't think of another sports player that left like my the team that I follow and I instantly hated more than than that guy and they went to but, the Yankees
0: after was it was it at Toronto the Yankees yes yeah okay
1: so yeah that was but like a lot of guys leave my leave either like the Bruins or the Red Sox and I'm like yeah you know like whatever but that, for some reason, it was like, because he was, he, you know, he was their guy, and he'd been with them for so long, and then he goes to Toronto for two years, you know, it does really well, but then goes to the Yankees, and then to Houston, and whatever,
0: but... Out of curiosity, right. kind of fun, about that sports, uh, <clears throat> one of the sports facts you had, Wayne Risky being the first player to score 3,000 points, has another player yeah. done that since? Probably, right? No. Arno? Oh, wow, okay, I I i, no, I with, I like, Cindy Crosby or something with, like, Arnold, okay. no.
1: Wayne, Wayne Gretzky's goal record might be broken by Ovechkin, but no one will ever break his points record. There's a the crazy stat is if you if you take away – I think it's if you – yeah, if you remove goals, if you remove his goals, Wayne Gretzky – so in hockey, you get a point for a goal and a point for an assist. So that's how you get points. And if you take away his goals – he still has more points than anyone else in history. That's awesome. <laughs> so there, yeah, no one's catching him in so points. So no debate
0: on who the greatest of all time is. <laughs>
1: um, you could. I mean, th- some people say Bob Yor, especially around here. It depends on. There's definitely different types of players and and all that. But he's definitely stats-wise. He's he's a he's a freak. The other great stat is um. Uh, there's a picture of Wayne Gretzky and his brother Brett, and it says. The Gretzky brothers have more points than any like brothers in NHL history, and it's like Wayne Gretzky has has one goal. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, it's like Wayne Gretzky has like three thousand, you know, whatever, and then his brother has four. So that's a good one. But um, so yeah, Clemens signs in Toronto, and Gretzky gets the three thousand point plateau. So that's it. I don't have anything else. All the other stuff was either political or too negative, but um do you have the back of the dvd summary
0: yeah it wasn't great it's more of like a, um talking about the success of west craven but i'll still i'll still uh speak it out here so west craven reinvented and revitalized the slasher hard genre with this modern horror classic which manages to be funny clever and scary as a fright masked knife maniac stalks high school students in middle class suburbia Craven is happy to provide both tension and self-parody as the body count mounts, but the victims aren't always the ones you'd expect.
1: That's not bad. Yeah, mm, it's it's not the worst.
0: doesn't really mention anything about Sydney or (laughs) her past there.
1: Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) Um, So you talked about Sydney, so to getting into some of the cast members and how they were doing going into the movie, so Nev Campbell, first of all, I have to point it out, Joe. What do I have to point out if if, uh, someone is what?
0: You tell me what, what, what happened. Here? She's
1: Canadian. Dev Campbell's Canadian. so.
0: Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. I thought <laughs> I, I looked, I looked away for a second. I was like, what the hell? Did I miss something?
1: <laughs> nope. I had to point it out. So like all fine people, she's, she's Canadian. And I was telling Joe before he started recording, my wife and I watched this last night or two nights. Na- I don't remember.
0: Yeah. You sent me the text, we, uh, what? Two nights ago, I think. Yeah. Two
1: nights ago. <laughs> and we were like two minutes in and, and Brie goes, Oh my God! I forgot how beautiful Nev Campbell was and I, and or is and I was like, yeah, she really is. She's unbelievable. So
0: yeah, and again, I watched that. Like I said, I keep plugging. I watched that. because It's just recent. I watched that interview which I talked to you about before recording with uh Jimmy Curris. She looks exactly the same. Yeah. she has not aged at all. It's unreal. Yeah, she's
1: just she's a beautiful person. But um, so this is kind of towards the beginning of her of her film career. Her big thing was she was on Party of Five from '94 to 2000. So And if you look at the Party Five cast, it was like the farm system for Hollywood, like young Hollywood stars in the '90s. So, just some names off off of uh, off of Party Five. So it had Scott Wolf, Nev Campbell, um, Lacey Chabert or Shabert. I don't know. I don't know if I'm over Frenching that. Uh, I know like the girl's name, but I, um, you know, Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Jeremy London. So all on one show. That's pretty crazy. And then, uh, yeah. And then, as far as like I said, as far as film, this is kind of towards the beginning of of her her prime. So she has The Craft in '96 and Scream in '96. So that's definitely her her good her best year. She has Wild Things, uh, Scream Two in '97, Wild Things in '98, Fifty Four in '98, Three to Tango in '99. And then after that, she did have other roles. Like she's still still active, still making movies, but it's pretty safe to say that the nineties were her, you know, her heyday, her prime. So this is kind of the beginning of her her success on film. So the next person we have to talk about is Mr. Skeet Ulrich. And I feel like this is the unofficial Skeet Ulrich fan podcast because of one movie that we're gonna talk about in a second that Joe and I both it was actually like when we first started talking about doing this podcast it's been like an ongoing joke about like when we're going to do this movie. But so Skeet has the craft and scream in 96. Definitely his most successful year. Um, Also uh, in last dance, uh, as good as it gets the Newton boys and the 1999 classic opposite Cuba Gooding jr. Chill factor.
0: What a goddamn film. I cannot (laughs) wait to get to that one. (laughs) That might be just like, if I look at if I look at that's something I reflect to of why sometimes I hit run tomatoes with that score that movie has. But I can't wait to review that movie and really dive into why I <laughs> that movie deserves so much better.
1: When we when we started talking about movies, Joe was like, I think Joe was like, have you ever seen the movie Chill Factor? And I think he thought I would either say like yes and it's horrible, or no I've never heard of that. But I don't know why. But my brother had that movie when we were younger. So, and I feel like that was one of the first DVDs that my brother got. So I don't know if that's why we watched it so much. Cause it was like, we had like three DVDs and that was one <laughs> of them. And I haven't seen that movie a million times, but I've seen that movie a handful of times, which is a handful more than most people.
0: Oh man. I still quote that with my brother. My brother and I still quote, this, quote that movie all the time with like, I was so yeah. nice and all that. So it's going to yep, be a fun time yep. going back to that film for sure.
1: <laughs> Trivia question. Do you know Skeet Ulrich's real name? No. His real name is Brian Ray Trout.
0: I can see why you want to
1: skeet Ulrich. See, I can't. I can see why you changed it, <laughs> but if your name is Brian Trout, why do you, and, and you're gonna and you're like, all right, I'm going to change it? A lot why of do you trout, change lot, it to skeet Ulrich?
0: <laughs> right, between the two of them, maybe, but Brian Trout isn't a great, isn't a great.
1: Oh, no, yeah. Brian Trout sucks. But change your name <laughs> to, like, guy, to right like just... Ryan Ryan o- O'Connor or something. Like, any, anything. But –
0: Did you ever see Jericho um, that he was in? The show Jericho? Yes. It's probably, like, yeah. it probably his biggest thing since, honestly, the 90s. And
1: since Joe Factor. Since Joe Factor. <laughs> so, um, one of the other stars, Rose McGowan. <clears throat> the filming of, of this was um, – she she commented later on in life that this is her favorite filming experience in her career. So I thought that was pretty oh,
0: cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Rose had small role in Encino man in 92 and she had some other work, but this is kind of her big break, her real, uh, jump to the front. Um, after this, she had going all the way in 97 devil in the flesh in 98 phantoms in 99 jawbreaker in 99. Uh, and then she was on the TV show charmed from 01 to 06. Um, and then later on, she had other films, including like *Grindhouse* and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> people these days, probably for better or for worse, think of her as she's a very outspoken celebrity. Celebrity when it comes to like political stuff, she was outspoken against Weinstein, um, which and <clears throat> who was involved in this film, and activist for the LGBT community and and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, so yeah, that's she kind of like, what she she's,
0: became like the face of the whole movement for a little while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's not afraid. She's definitely not afraid to stand up for like herself or other people who need standing up for, which regardless of where you sit on the political spectrum, that's something to admire. Even though I know sometimes people get sick of celebrities doing it, but so yeah. Uh, Courtney Cox. So this is the beginning of friends. So she was on friends from 94 to 04 completely dominating the TV scene um, and she was kind of trying to get away and get outside of, of the show a little bit and get some some big screen time and also some not Monica time. You know, we know how with TV shows that are that successful, it's great. But the bad news is, you know, sometimes people just all, only see you as Monica from Friends. So she did Ace Venture, Pet Detective in 94. Scream in 96, Commandments in 97, Scream 2 in 97, Scream 3 in 2000. She's also in The Longest Yard later on. Um, <clears throat> I know she's she's done her best to separate, but she she is definitely most known as, as Monica from Friends. Definitely. Which there are worse things that can happen to an actor or an actress than to have a show like that.
0: She had a really good show too that was on... Oh, I can't remember. It was, like, it was a more mature...
1: Yeah, um, and it, they changed the name of it. Yes. i remember i know you're talking about but yeah I, yeah i know you're I'm talking trying, about, trying yeah. to talk
0: about like getting away from the face of friends like that was a show to do it with like it was like she was very very it was very ma
1: <laughs> right right so so yeah um, another one is uh david arquette um he had some minor roles in the early 90s um including one of in beautiful girls which have you seen beautiful girls joe
0: I don't know if I have, I don't oh, think so. That's a,
1: that's when I was looking through his, his filmography, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about that movie. He's not big in it, but that's a great, that's a great, great movie that, you know, I've been talking about like other, other films, like the big chill and um, the replacement. I mean, not the replacements. Um, oh my God. I could just space, but other movies of um, kicking and screaming. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Other movies where it's like kind of like those, like people that come back from high school or they're like in their mid twenties, like that type of the uh, beautiful girls, another one of those great. Um, So Scream in 96, Scream 2 in 97, never been kissed in 99, ready to rumble uh, in 2000. So, and then he like went on to do like actual wrestling stuff later on in life, but he's probably most famous for being the Arquette of Courtney Cox Arquette and being in that celebrity couple. And I saw somewhere that if you look at like the Scream 1 through 4, it's like they met on Scream 1. They were dating by Scream 2. They were like either married or engaged by the time Scream 3 came out. And then they were divorced by Scream 4. So it's like every single one of them is like a, it's kind of tied with a,
0: a big monumental woman in their relationship. life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for better or for worse. So, and then the last person I want to talk about, is it's mostly because I, have questions about him and is uh is matthew lillard and matthew lillard is like i can't think of a career that i understand less than
0: than matthew lillard he was in so he's the face of shaggy now like he is the face of live action Shaggy.
1: no that that makes sense that 100 makes sense that's not the part i don't understand (laughs) but what i don't understand is like he was in so many 90s classics alongside like all of the big names like nev campbell you know Carrie Russell, Marlon Wayans, Freddie Prinze Jr., Rachel Lee Cook, Paul Walker—like he's in all those movies. He's in *Summer yeah. Catch*. He's in uh, *SLP*, SLC Punk*, and *She's All That*. And like right. la- later on *Scooby Doo*, that makes sense because if you look at his face, and, you, and especially he's very good at making like funny faces, and yeah. you know, he fits that. And I like him. Like he's a—he's funny, and and I think he's got like comedically, he's pretty funny. But it's just weird because you know matthew it's like a, you know he's a he's a decent looking guy but like let's go down the line like nev campbell beautiful person carrie russell beautiful person freddie prince jr beautiful dude rachel lee cook paul walker these are all like perfect looking human beings and then like matthew lewitt i was almost expecting to find that like his dad owned the production company
0: or place or, right, or something right, place like right that. time to get acting yeah right place right time I guess so no like i like you said like I think he's really good in, like, the comedic roles, like Shaggy, for example, but roles like this, <laughs> it's hard to picture him in, like, you know, a horror or even, like, e- even the comic relief aspect of this movie, he really wasn't that great in. It was more of, like, Jimmy Kenney's character after, like, the comic relief. So it's, like, he yeah. it was, really, like, a, really an odd placement for his acting chops for this genre.
1: Yeah, he didn't bother me too much in it, but I, I agree with you that him and Jamie Kenney were kind of both doing the same, both trying to do the same role but um, so yeah, that, that's it. That's, that's all. I just had more questions about Matthew Lillard than Lillard than anything. <laughs> um, do you have anything down
0: for um, like the more, you know, random facts? Just a couple things. Uh, so when Henry wrinkler is uh, opening up his closet in his office. This is what I think when he's playing with his, like his scream costume and all that, you'll, you can notice that he has the black leather fancy jacket from happy days hanging up in there, which is a kind of yep. cool, yep. cool little reference. Um, the party scene at the end of the film that ran for 42 minutes long, but it was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set to the time it rose. And after it wrapped, the crew had t-shirts made that said, I survived scene 118. So yeah, I saw kind of, that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It, it, the casting crew, I'm not sure how true this is, but it's probably, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine make much competition. Jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. I'm, I maybe kind of want to go back to what the longest scene shot for film was because twenty one days for that scene seems like a lot. Yes, <laughs> and I can see yes. why why it took so long because they had to get the time right. Each so they only has certain like amount of time to capture that footage, but still yeah. that's a long period of filming for just. <laughs>
1: I, I see what you're saying a little bit as far as like the lighting and everything like that, but at the same time, most of it's inside the house. Exactly.
0: So, so I feel like they could have shot the outside stuff first and kind of like focus on inside to yeah. wrap it up after. I do think but.
1: there was some wasted. They could have, they could have <laughs> probably been a little bit more efficient, but yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: But those, this movie also has some really cool references throughout the movie, like we talked about earlier. Um, a lot of cool homages to horror films, including one little funny scene where you see a janitor named Freddy who looks and is dressed up like Freddy Krueger mopping the halls so also cool like little scenes and tips for horror fans throughout i thought that one was a little bit it's obvious
1: (laughs) it's too obvious like it was because of his outfit like if they toned it down a little bit and just gave him like one aspect of the outfit i'd be like and named him freddy that's fine but yeah that was a little a little too much but but yeah it was it was it was the references to other films like i said a lot of them probably were past me but <clears throat> it was it was a cool touch. Have um, you,
0: ever, have you ever seen those, those horror films? Out of curiosity. The um, um, Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah, the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Uh, no, well, but it's kind of cool because that was directed by Wes Craven. So yeah, it's one of Wes, yeah. Wes Craven's babies from early on.
1: Yep. No, haven't seen it. Afraid of it. <laughs> some uh, some other other facts. Um, so Scream was sc- uh, originally a screenplay by Kevin Williamson called Scary Movie. And it was inspired in part by the real life kill what's that?
0: No, I was gonna say fun fact. Have you seen Scream movie? Yeah. It's literally one giant parody of Scream.
1: Right. So so it was inspired in part by the real life killings of five college students in Florida in nineteen ninety. Um, but the studio chief, uh, Bob Weinstein, didn't think that the title reflected Williamson's blend of horror and comedy, inspired by the the Oh, and then inspired by the recent Michael Jackson hit, Weinstein renamed the picture Scream, but kept the scary movie title for the horror spoof franchise launched in 2000. So that's they're really kind of cool. tied. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool actually. And some, some other, my favorite fun facts are like the the ones where it's like, this guy was supposed to play this person and, and you know, he did whatever. So um, Wes Craven turned down this movie several times but changed his mind when he learned, of an, learned an actress of Drew Barrymore's stature was involved. Barrymore was initially cast as the heroine uh, Sydney, but she then shifted to the smaller role of the first victim, Casey Becker, due to her busy schedule. To keep oh, So <clears throat> that right there is kind of cool that Wes Craven was almost out, but then here's the thing that makes me hate Wes Craven. To keep Drew Barrymore looking scared and crying Wes Craven kept telling her real-life stories about animal cruelty because she's an animal lover in real life. Like, F you, Wes Craven. Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's, it's just a movie, bro.
0: I knew he told her like secrets, but I didn't read into what the secrets were, so <laughs> Drew yeah, Barrymore's yeah. crying there was real.
1: <laughs> yes. So, um, so Drew Barrymore was initially supposed to play Sydney. Some other actresses that were tied to the role or possibly were, were possibilities. So Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy, Tori Spelling, and Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon actually turned it down. And how about this? Molly Ringwald. How weird would it have been that a Molly Ringwald? That would have
0: been Ringwald a then? huge career change. We're talking about yes. trying to break out of an, <laughs> a character.
1: But I don't think it would have even done that because. This is too long after it would have changed yeah. the whole movie. It would've I think it would have been not a career change. It would've been a movie change. It would the movie wouldn't have done as well.
0: Plus but was, I, d- think was, I think it's I think it's really good getting like Nev Campbell because she's not like this big celebrity at the time. So it's like it's easy to kinda of, like root for or not it's easy to not put the spotlight on one character.
1: Well and, and she's she's I know that like and we're gonna talk about this later, but she's not high school age. She's a little bit older, but Nev Campbell looks a lot younger. That ne- Dev Cable is younger and looks younger than Molly Ringwald. In 96, like if this is 89, it'd be different.
0: Right. But,
1: but um, out of time, those, time. so go ahead.
0: Let's just say real quick, talk about age in high school <laughs> and whatever. How about uh, David Arquette playing a 25-year-old?
1: That, well, <laughs> I have that down, but I have to ask you, was David Arquette supposed to be like, was he supposed to be just dumb or was he supposed? to... I mean, to...
0: he is the worst. I wrote down, he's the worst deputy I've ever seen grace on films. So.
1: <laughs> but I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be like just normal dumb, or if he was supposed to be kind of like whatever the PC way of saying like. Right, I think
0: that's a scary movie. Really hit on that note. If you remember, if you've seen scary movie, it really hit on Dewey's character as like. Yeah. yeah, he's he was really he was a really interesting cop figure in this movie.
1: And the whole time, I'm like. I'm like he this dude doing in this performance somehow convinced Courtney Cox like hey we should get together. Is he I'm funny. Like, wow. <laughs> right, yeah. Funny? Okay. But out of those people, so out of so Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy and Reese Witherspoon, if you had to switch out Neff Campbell for any one of those, which would you?
0: I actually love Brittany Murphy, so I'll go with Britney Murphy. Although I do, Miss Joan Hart was huge in the 90s right now, and Reese Witherspoon is great. She's still active, but Brittany Murphy is, I can see her playing the high school student in this film.
1: See, I think the only one of those three, I love Brittany Murphy too, but the only one of those that I can see playing this successfully is Reese Witherspoon because you have to have like a, like Brittany Murphy's charm is that she's like, she's like, you know, the late, great Britney Murphy, rest in peace. But she's, like, this beautiful girl who doesn't really have the – she doesn't come off as, like, super confident. You know what I mean? Like, which I I like that about Nev, is that she was – Nev's character is that she was, like – she had some backbone to her. And yeah. I think Reese Witherspoon could have pulled that off. But <clears throat> definitely not Molly Ringwald. No. So Matthew Lillard, Lillard's character, um, one person that was considered for that was Freddie Prince Jr., which is is funny i think that would have changed a lot
0: um i can't imagine for jr being like you know the face of a killer in the 90s
1: i can imagine him being the face of a killer but I, I can't imagine him being like second fiddle to skeet all right yeah you know what i mean people would be like Why? what was he
0: doing what was he doing in 96 for jr
1: I don't know but he was i mean he he had like she's all that was what 98 he, yeah he, he had you know he had a lot of stuff going on or at least at least he was coming up so i i don't know i don't know what he was doing exactly at that time but it would have been a totally different movie
0: And it, could, it, could change, it might have like changed his whole career too because he was always cast as that pretty boy like high school heartthrob and if it's like well your film is like a killer in the end it might have changed like how he got cast in other films in the future and
1: but he was in. I know what you did last summer, right? I think that came out in '97,
0: though. It was in '97. It, it
1: it did, but I mean, I think that's still before. I think he did that in '97. But then she's all that and all those other movies like Summer Catch were '98 and like 2000s and whatever. So, yep. but I, I couldn't. I just couldn't see him being behind Skeet Ulrich. Right. <laughs> but some other characters. They were considered for Jamie Kennedy's character, so the character of Randy Meeks, Meyer, and Jason Lee. I think Meyer could have done it. I, I, yeah, I could too. I love Meyer. Me I think too. that would have actually been an upgrade. No offense, Jamie Kennedy. No, I agree. <laughs> um, and then Gail's character, so the reporter, played by Courtney Cox, other people that were considered. So Brooke Shields and Janine Garofalo were considered because they didn't think that Courtney Cox, or there was concern that she could be like, bitchy enough because she was monica from friends so brooke shields was considered janine garofalo was considered another person that was considered elizabeth berkeley also auditioned but she was turned down due to the backlash from showgirls and i think elizabeth berkeley aka jesse spano if you're a saved by the bell freak like i am um i think she would have been perfect if she hadn't just played a stripper and and ruined her her reputation but that's a whole nother thing. That's an interesting thought of what if it was Elizabeth Berkeley, and would that have like given her a second chance at a career, you know? Yeah. But, so, um, I have two more random facts. The first one is, is short. The use of caller ID increased more than threefold after the, recent, the release of this film. And that's definitely something that watching it now, especially the first scene with um, Drew Barrymore, you find yourself going like, "Why do you keep answering the phone?" And like, "What what would the guy have done if so he gets you once and you pick up the phone?" But then, what if you just didn't answer the phone? What if you're like, "Oh, it's that guy again," and you never you just stopped answering? All right, and
0: Steve's still out there right now to this day, hanging out by the pool <laughs> because the game was never finished.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and, he, and and the guy's just like, "Well, you we gotta wait. I gotta do my my shtick." But um, and then this is I have a question for you. So because of Scream's extreme violence and gore, Craven had to recut and submit it to the ratings board eight times in hope of avoiding an NC-17 rating. Craven even lied uh, that he had no alternate, less bloody take of Drew Barrymore stabbing. Eventually, Weinstein persuaded the board that Scream deserved an R because the movie was satirizing violence, not glorifying it. And I don't understand movie ratings because like, if you look at this movie compared to like any war movie like like saving private ryan or this movie's not that
0: violent no it's not, not that the bad. most fun scene is the big game with drew barry more but Man, like it's so th-
1: bad it's so poorly done i mean like it's right. it's not like it's graphic
0: right yeah i agree i agree it, the the ring system is just the fact that they get you can't show like nudity but you can show someone getting butchered and like it's just like it's like the, the, the race between like an RMP 13 rating is just like so bizarre to begin with and then you have like you right. said the NC-17 which is a <laughs> dread rating but the fact that they're like they show violence and it's so easily accepted whereas like a naked person is just like god forbid right <laughs> but yeah the, the MPAA is so fucked
1: <laughs> yeah definitely weird do you have anything written down for stuff that wouldn't fly today if it came out today
0: uh we probably touched, you, you probably you, you'll be adding another fact about this but all I had was how Hunter Rinkler treated some of the students Yes, and a couple scenes, (laughs) yeah, would not fly in 2020.
1: Yeah, when he touched Nev Campbell's face, when he was like, when he was like Sydney, Sydney or whatever, and he like touched her face like you would do to a well, you you wouldn't even do it to a little kid, but it's especially weird to do it to a student student that you don't. It's not your kid. That's like something a grandfather does to or grandmother does to like their grandson or granddaughter. Not a principal. To... I
0: know, and even so, the yeah, way, that... even the whole like when the two kids are about to get expelled. This isn't like it's is just like kind of like not really part of that category. But how he's ha- healing the, st- the scissors in front of them and like I'm gonna get you right his... here, or whatever. I'm like, what the f-? like? This is the principal.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> and I read after I read that that was supposed to be like when you were watching it, that was supposed to make you think is is but he the guy? Right, is he the
0: guy? Like, and I and I got and, that.
1: But I didn't that one. I didn't ever suspect him, so I think that was poorly done because I I was like I never even it. crossed I my get mind. I got in
0: that scene, but I got it in the scene after that um, when he's pulling out the mask and all that, like that yeah, yeah. hint. But no, yeah, yeah. I, that, that that one scene was poorly poorly done.
1: And then uh, another random fact that kind of ties into stuff that wouldn't fly, but they they did it the right way. So during production, Ghostface, um, like the his black robe was supposed to be white to make him appear even more like a ghost but this has changed because they were afraid that people were, were comparing the costume or people were comparing the costume to like a kkk outfit so they got ahead of it thankfully yeah. and uh, switched it to a black robe so that's good yeah. what is your favorite scene in the film
0: i kind of talked about it real briefly in the beginning but as i mentioned earlier my favorite scene isn't too exciting for most but it's when randy is talking to the group of high school kids at the party um about the rules of horror films with halloween playing in the background i always loved how into it he got and then when everyone leaves the party to i don't know look at the principal's dead body whatever their plan was randy stays back and watches the film he's already seen over and over again it really captures like the love of someone who loves film the passion that he has And I'll also mention that I love the payoff as well. First off, Sydney is a complete badass. She pretty much takes uh, out two guys with a late assistance by Gail. And I love how the reveals keep you guessing throughout as we just touched upon.
1: Yeah, mine kind of both tie into that a little bit. I have two scenes. I love love the scene when uh, uh, Sydney slugs Courtney Cox in the face. I know this isn't like a very... 2020 opinion to have, but I'm a big believer that sometimes people need to get punched in the face. And I, I just like when people stand up for themselves. And I think that that scene was, that scene kind of transformed her character and it made you go like, oh, this girl's not, she's not like some soft, like she'll, she's not afraid to stick up for herself. And if you, if you piss her off, she'll, she'll stand up for herself. Um, and then to tie into what you were saying uh, about Randy's character, Really, my favorite scene was the video rental store scene. And it's it's partially because there weren't... You know, there wasn't really a scene... Though These two scenes stuck out to me, but there wasn't one that, like, knocked me on my on my ass. But mostly, it was because this brought me back to my favorite... As long as you don't factor in what you were making as far as pay, my favorite job of all time, just arguing late, fee- late fees, talking about movies, etc., at movie scene. Um, but really... Also, it sucks that kids, like, just, I sound so old, but never kids will it. not, they'll never experience that. And I was thinking that the other day when I went to Bull Moose, because I saw the kids behind the counter, and then they have, like, their employee pick wall and stuff, and I was like, this, I wanted, I almost went, like, full crazy person and said to, like, the, the kid behind the counter, Half like,
0: the day. <laughs> yeah,
1: cherish this, like, like, Billy Madison, stay here, stay as long as you can. Um, but yeah, no, those I are, will.
0: Someday I will take a road trip mm-hmm. to that blockbuster. Someday I will. It'll be the dumbest trip ever, but I will someday I go to that blockbuster.
1: I bet you your time's running. Uh, it's running uh, low,
0: especially especially during twenty twenty. Something running low, yeah. I think. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I, if I always I say like if I hit if I hit the lottery, I would love to create like a, a theater, like a real theater in my basement, like you see on my like, cribs, but then have it like quasi decorated like a a video rental store, like have all my my dvds or my blu-rays like on old like shelves that look like you know what i mean that'd be cool have like a, a like a like a cooler full of like soft drinks and then just like candy and shit <laughs> but i don't it's gonna be hard for me to win the lottery because i haven't bought a lottery ticket like in my life so odds aren't good um do you have anything written down as far as the soundtrack
0: uh i put the soundtrack isn't as important in this horror film as it was in the ones and i got it got inspirations from like halloween or friday the 13th Instead, they went the route of licensed tracks, which captured teen angst really well. I guess with songs like "School Is Out" and "Youth of America," but it didn't do a whole lot for me, um, and it isn't that memorable, in my opinion. I'm not sure how you what you thought about it.
1: I pretty much, I, I put the same thing. I put nothing really stuck uh, stuck out to me, and that was that was surprising, just because for the age it was aimed at, it seemed like they would put more into it, but it didn't. It didn't bother me. Like it didn't hurt the film to me but it was just surprising i would think that they would have but um if you could change one thing about this movie what would you change
0: i want to talk about the character dewey here (laughs) dewey is quite possibly the worst deputy who has ever graced the field the man literally goes to a party with where under uh underage kids are drinking breaks a ton of rules of gale it's just a bad cop plus while he has a bigger role in the future films really didn't add a whole lot to this one so this is good, gonna get kind of weird for me if i hadn't seen the other films i'd say i would remove doing entirely from this one and just add generic cops or place throughout the film yep. but as someone who has seen the later films i'd say maybe make him a much more prominent character in this one one who also puts up a fight a little more of a fight than he did because he does play a bigger role later on
1: uh, so this might be the first time ever but we have the exact same if you could change one, if you could change oh, something, very good. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was just totally useless, and I he bothered me. He, I like I said, I couldn't tell if he was just supposed to be stupid or if he was had some sort of
0: you right. Know. If it was like they had this ability or what his situation <laughs> right. was.
1: So yeah, I would. I would either. I wouldn't even. I don't think there's any fixing. <laughs> I don't think there's fixing, David Arquette. <laughs> do we? Yeah. Like I think, and I think the character was stupid, but I think David Arquette's performance was stupid and <laughs> it was just a lose, lose, lose. Um, and then the other thing I have, I always have to mention, I know I say it all the time, but the high school kids that look like they're 35 years old, it's particularly bad in this, in this movie. And here's, here's the thing. So Courtney Cox was 32 when this came out. So she looked the same age to me as pretty much everyone. But she wasn't. She was like five or six years older than everyone. She's just Courtney Cox, so she looks young. But so Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, and Jamie Kennedy were 26. They looked older, but they were 26. David Arquette was 25. So was David 25?
0: Arquette. He played 25 yeah. year olds? Holy no, shit. No, no, a... Oh, in the I mean, movie. Right, in the movie. In, he's rea- in, rea- in right. real
1: life, he's 25. And what? he was, but he's younger than three than three of the main high school characters in re, in real life. Oh my Rose god. Rose McGowan I, and Nev Campbell were twenty three.
0: Oh man, I thought he looked older for his age. I don't really he's actually twenty five, playing a twenty five year old in the film.
1: Yeah, no well he did look older. They all looked older. I mean like Matthew Lillard was twenty six or Jamie Kennedy was the worst. He was twenty six but he looked like he was like thirty seven. But um yeah, so so those are some things I had written down. And then the last thing well actually I have two more last things. One's minor Ghostface is the least effective killer in history. I feel like if that guy kills you, you kind of deserve it a little bit, because if you put me at the age of twelve against Ghostface, I'll beat the shit out of him. (laughs) That guy was useless. He's like, and it made even less sense when you find out who he is, because
0: you're bobbing around, bobbing around in his costume.
1: But you're like, you guys are, you know, they're not they seem like
0: fairly athletic
1: guys. Like how do you keep falling into everything and whatever. But, and then the last thing drew Barrymore's boyfriend who was quote big and plays football. He wasn't that big. If you're going to do that and the guy's not going to have any role.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: no, no. But I mean, if you, it wouldn't have been better if they put like some jacked, like, like linebacker looking dude, all he has to do is sit in a chair. He doesn't have to be an actor, but anyway, so if you guys, have never, if you've never listened to the podcast before um, we rate movies on a scale of one to five, uh, would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So score of one, is you find out that Drew Barrymore is only in the first 10 minutes, you turn it off, you return it to the, to the store so you don't have to pay a late fee. And score of all, all the way up to a five, which is, you know, I'm willing to, to keep it an extra day or two or three to watch again, make make sure my friends see it, uh, even pay late fees, even just buy it from the store to keep it. So. It's Joe's movie, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say, Joe, that I screwed myself by giving your other pick, The Faculty, a 2.5. I'm going to grade this movie for what it is. You're going to be surprised. Okay. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5.
0: Wow. I was, I was actually expecting a lot more. <laughs> that last text you sent me. All right.
1: Yeah, All right. and I say that because I've given movies that I probably enjoyed more the same score, maybe even a lower score. It kills me when I go back and I look at the scores that I've given, but all that said this movie was bad but it was like entertainingly bad the dialogue was horrible except for the references to, to horror movies like the the first scene with Skeet Ulrich talking to her about like the the rating system and them getting physical and it was bad it was bad the acting was subpar and worse or worse and the actors looked like they were 40 years old but like i said it was entertainingly bad i wouldn't i would never like seek it out to see again myself but if someone wanted to turn it on around Halloween, I wouldn't storm out. I'd be like, "All right, like it's 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 funny, you know." I. Like... So that so yeah, not as bad. You thought I was gonna give it a one. I gave it a three. That's Dude, pretty good. You, good day. You,
0: when you sent me that text saying, "I want," what did you say? I want. Uh, you owe me three nine nine for the rental. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> Brian and I rented it on cable. We we paid like the three or four dollars to rent it and I was gonna send Joe an invoice to be like you owe me four dollars. i was gonna say this asshole. is not
0: and then I wrote back saying I was I was printing the one point five score, so it says this was a nice surprise. Yeah, yeah. So your turn. So this movie is really plays a big part in my early childhood. I'm gonna give it a four. This movie really changed how I thought about films when i saw it way back when i'm someone who grew up loving movies i would say up uh, far too late to watch roger Ebert talk about films with Siskel and roper and watching scream which felt ahead of the game at the time was a breath of fresh air for me this was a movie that was written for people who love movies specifically the famous horror franchises and we had characters talking about all of the rules from previous films a blueprint so to speak about how to stay alive this film has great characters, Randy being my favorite and highly relatable. I mean, he even worked at a video store, with incredibly strong female characters, Cindy and Gail. And with all that said, I will say my favorite in the series is Scream 2, mostly because I love the way they handled the dreaded sequel mentality. So yeah, I I really love this movie. That's where my scoring came into play here. I think this movie is I love the faculty. I, but I respect the fact that it's not a great film. But Scream actually did change the horror genre, for better or worse, I think. The faculty sucks. This
1: movie was no, entertaining.
0: Doesn't. The faculty sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but the
1: beer was delicious, um, and I and I I really did I enjoyed I. It was like I said, it was entertaining. It was. I didn't kill me to sit through it. It was, it was entertaining. It was a fun watch. I don't think I'll be watching it again anytime soon, but I, I enjoyed it. So uh, beer was delicious. Uh, Booyah beer from uh, what Brewing. Um, follow us on Instagram. worth the late fee um, also on uh, untapped. See what we're drinking. Uh, we're the late fee there as well. <clears throat> we're kind of in a weird spot right now where we're finishing up. We, we said at the beginning of the past few episodes, we're trying to get our Halloween episodes or, halloween themed episodes in october so after this episode you're actually going to kind of jump into some of the episodes we've already recorded so i don't know what'll be next after this but uh just just listen up it'll be it'll be fun and um we'll be back uh we'll be back uh in a little bit Do you know what's after this joe
0: yeah so next would be (coughs) me myself and irene
1: oh classic all
0: right yeah i think we left off at anaconda with the original lineup
1: Yep. Yep. So. Cool. So yeah, we'll be back with that and then we'll have a few more of those and then we'll be in a Christmas season before we know it. So yes.
0: Can't wait. Yeah.
1: Thank you guys very much for listening and uh, we'll be back soon next week. Yes.
0: As always guys. Thank you.